հիմա ուզում ենք եկեղեցուն յութը շարունակենք այսօր մի ուրիշ անվանտաժ Uh, we want to continue on the theme of the church under a different title. That church is a co-worker with the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 9. menk Uh, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. Uh, in other places is, uh, has been mentioned again that we are co-workers with the Lord. Uh, I want us to study to find out what does it mean to be co-workers of the Lord. Uh, but before I want to put a question to you. I want to think about it seriously. If you were to have an invitation from Buckingham Palace from the Queen to yourself, Or if you were to receive uh, from the government, from one of the ministers, an official invitation. And that invitation was to say that we have uh, considered you worthy to be co-workers with us in the government or in the palace. And we need to, uh, your cooperation and work with us. And you are the ideal person to be co-workers with us. How would you feel if you were to receive an invitation like this one day? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I think your first reaction will be that you will put that invitation, maybe even frame it and put it in a very prominent place so that everyone who comes can see it. And very proudly you will tell people that, look, what a position, what a status I have reached that the queen, the king or the ministers need my help. Uh, you might turn and say, that, don't joke like that, Brother Edward. But I want to give you a bigger joke, which happens to be a reality. It is a position much higher than the one I mentioned. As believers, we have been called on behalf of God to be his co-workers. 
And the Lord has said that I need your work cooperation co-working with me. Na ravirela mezi vor kan kes pashtonostanan ke vilayet kortsatsenk And he invited us, he has invited us to come and receive this uh, status and to be his co-workers for his kingdom and salvation. Uh, it is something to be very proud of. It's a very high calling, a status of honor. And it's a big assurance that the Lord has for us. Pay attention to these three things. We should be proud that he wants us to be his co-workers. He has honored us a great deal when he's called us to be his co-workers. And he trusts us, and he trusts us to be his co-workers. Very important, all these yes, things. I enjoy for that. I enjoy that. Uh, we see from the Bible that the Lord has always enjoyed working with man. And in the Bible, he's shown us what is our duty and action and what is his. Uh, the difficulty begins to arise when we want to do what the Lord should do and we surrender to him what we should be doing. We cannot do what is his part to do. That is not what he expects from us. Uh, Brother Saro was here a few months ago. Every morning when I get up and look at myself in the mirror, and I tell myself, Saro, you are not God. God is sitting on his throne. You are not God. You are his co-workers. And be obedient to him. He has his part to play and we cannot do that. And if we begin to do what he should be doing, we will spoil everything, ruin everything. And another difficulty arises when the things that we have to do, we don't do saying that the Lord is going to do that. It's just like a person who sits at home, doesn't go to work and says, the Lord will provide my food for me. Somebody stops going to school, stops receiving education because it's the Lord's job to make me a, a scholar. Uh, many people don't do what they're supposed to be doing and then they turn around and say, why isn't God blessing me? In this time that we have together, I will prove to you what is our duty and responsibility and what is his. 
In so many different places, we see very clearly that we are co-workers with the Lord. In the first place, in keeping our salvation, we are co-workers with the Lord. The biggest gift that the Lord has provided for us is the gift of salvation. Uh, when Jesus Christ on the cross said, it is finished, he gave us assurance of salvation. Uh, and the Lord has given us assurance that he will help us in our life of salvation and nobody can take that salvation away from us. But nevertheless, this is one part of the reality. It is not the full reality. He is keeping our salvation for us. And we cannot easily lose that salvation. what is our part in that? Uh, do we keep our salvation or not? Uh, those who are very staunch Calvinists, their belief is that you can never ever lose your salvation. Uh, whatever circumstances you find yourself in, you are already saved. And if somebody falls into sin, that means that they weren't saved in the first place. Uh, I don't agree with that 100%. Because the reality is not like that. Uh, in the Bible, it is not like that, and experience also shows that it isn't so. If we don't take care of our own salvation and try and protect it, there is the danger that we might lose it. Yes, me. I'll give you a short but a very bitter story. Uh, when Brother Haik was a newly appointed pastor, shepherd, a young man uh, achieved salvation and uh, he had great desire to serve the Lord. He was full of the Holy Spirit. And he was anointed by God. And God was doing miracles through him. And even today I have not forgotten his messages. And in those days I used to look at him and say, one day I want to be like him. Uh, and uh, Brother Haik thought very highly of him. Uh, one day he told uh, Brother Haik that the Lord has shown me that I have to go, forgive me, to brothels and yep. such places and to 
witness to them. Because I come from a similar background, I can be of use to them. I know people there and I feel I have to lead them to the Lord. Uh, he had a lot of vigor and he had a burden for this. He used to cry for them. Uh, Brother Hark warned him, look, don't be too, too much in haste for this issue. But he was insisting that Brother Hark gave him permission to attend Brother that this is a job that the church can do. You must not go on your own. Let families come in with you. He would not pay any attention. Uh, this is a personal message that I have received. He persisted so much that he finally went. And the first or second time, third time, uh, he was successful and he brought one or two people to church to prove that, look, I am on the right track. But slowly, slowly things changed. Instead of he leading them to the Lord, he was led by them astray. And we saw gradually that he lost the shine that he had for the and he fell into sin. And things went from bad to worse. He became an alcoholic. He became a drug addict. And he lost many things. And even today that I'm speaking to you, he has not returned to the Lord. And I know of many stories of many people who were saved once but have gone astray. But they did not become co-workers with the Lord in protecting their own salvation. So we see that just in the same way that the Lord says, I protect your salvation, he also commands us to do our bit and protect our own salvation ourselves. There are many, many verses in that line. If you are not convinced, afterwards ask me and I will give you tens and tens of uh, verses. Uh, some of these verses I know off by heart. Maybe 20 of them I can tell you straight away. So he has his role to play, we have our role to play. Uh, we should never be indifferent or careless for the salvation that the Lord has provided Nor should we be continuously anxious that, oh, we're going to lose our salvation. We have to keep the balance right balance. He has his part to do. And he is faithful in doing his part. And I have my role to play 
to keep away from sin. And if I consciously and persistently want to play with sin, I will see the damage. Uh, second thing when uh, I want to tell you about being co-workers with God we have to be co-workers with him in living a holy life we sometimes think that it is God who sees and makes us holy it is the blood of Jesus it's the word of God or it's the uh, Holy Spirit that makes us holy. But I know one person uh, but I know one person who could have helped me more than anybody else in living a holy life. Yourself. Who is that person? Brother Edward can help him more than anybody else to live a holy life. In that area, if I don't want to be a co-worker with the Lord, I cannot lead a holy life. Uh, to be holy is a command from God. It is not just a promise that he will make us holy. It is a promise, but also it is a command. Be holy as I am holy. John says, whoever has that hope, he makes sure that he is living a holy life. Have you heard some people pray like this? Dear Lord, allow me to lead a holy life. Don't allow me to lie. Don't allow me to lose my temper. Don't allow me to keep vengeance with someone. Do something so that I don't fall into sin. <laughs> the Lord is the obstacle in these things. <laughs> if I choose to turn on the internet and go to bad areas of the internet, uh, to look at nude pictures, start reading literature that is not of benefit to me or to start fellowshiping, uh, fellowshipping with people who would make me fall into sin I cannot lead a holy life. Why? Because me, with my own hands, I'm putting myself in danger. Uh, Solomon says, if somebody embraces the fire, won't that person start burning? If somebody walks on coal, won't their feet burn? Therefore, in this area, we have to be co-workers with the Lord. We have to keep ourselves away from sin. We have to be obedient to the Lord. Be obedient to him. And then he will do his part. And will give us the strength. So that we can lead a holy life. The third point. 
Somebody told Brother Edward, don't try so hard. The Lord has to work. I do accept that. On the other hand, I don't accept it. For sure, the Lord has his part to play. But what about the part I have to do? I have to be lazy. I mustn't witness. I mustn't seek opportunities. I should not seek the lost souls. And give it all to the Lord to do. There's no such thing. I am obliged for the salvation. And so are you. There's a story that's not mentioned in the Bible. When Jesus uh, went up to heaven, angels came to meet him. They welcomed him. And uh, Gabriel, angel Gabriel asked him a question. Uh, Jesus, what did you do when you were in earth now that you are up? Did you build a church? No. Did you create an army? No. Have you written a book? No. Uh, have you established governments? No. So now you are up here. How is your work to continue? <laughs> I have selected a group of people, Paul, Peter, fisherman. And I told them, whatever I've taught you, go and teach others. And they asked Jesus, if these people don't carry out what you've asked them to do, what Second way do you have? He said, I have none other. My way is to do my work through people. What an assurance he has in us. We don't accept it. 
God has given us that. You are my co-workers. When I was a little boy attending school, when the teacher called me to the front to ask answer questions, uh, I had so little confidence in myself, I did not believe in myself that I would start talking. I used to go bright red. I used to perspire. I started getting palpitations. And I used to go forward, and what I knew I would forget. And I would be so ashamed, I couldn't face the teacher, nor could I face the students. I was a very naughty boy with no self-confidence. When uh, guests were visiting us, I was so lacking in confidence, I used to hide under the chair. In other words, I was convinced that there wasn't anybody Worse than me, useless than me. And my mom and dad used to say that nothing good will come out of you. You shouldn't have been born. And and if in those days somebody told me that one day you will be a preacher, you will be a pastor, you will manage different groups, I would tell that person that is the biggest lie that you are telling. But when I repented, the Holy Spirit came in I accepted, I accepted that I can be his co-worker. That backward, lacking in confidence child at the age of 18 became a pastor. And from the age of 16, I started preaching. Nowadays, we say a 16-year-old is too young to be baptized, but in those days, at 16, he was preaching. The interesting thing is, at the age of 18, when I became a pastor, all my congregations were older than but they accepted me. Why? Because I had accepted myself. That I am his co-worker. And if you convince yourself that you don't know anything, you are useless, you will be useless. We are his co-workers in different services. Uh, remember when uh, Jesus wanted to uh, divide uh, the five fish and loaves? What did he tell his disciples first? You feed them, he said. How can we? You know how much money we need? Okay, he said, what do you have? Why was Jesus making the task 
Սերք այսպես աներ այդ ամեն այդ կանանչները լինեին հաց եւ ցուկ It was very simple for Jesus just to lift a hand and all the grass that they were sitting on would become Satanan el imanumer Jesus karoga kaler hats sarki Satan knew that Jesus could convert stone to blood Jesus si metode chet But that was not his method In chunek He said what do you have Hingathat yerkua tsuk five love to Ima arela orchnela He's taken it he's blessed it Talitsa ashagernerin He's giving it to the stone Bayt naqtan et inchas But what Ես <laughs> 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 ավելի <laughs> 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 And at the end they have 20 baskets in excess. The Lord wants to use us. Հիշում եք ծիծաղալի պատմություն ավետարանի մեջ։ There's a funny story in the Bible. Do you remember? Հիսուս ուզում էր ծաղկազար տորը եթար Երուսաղեմ։ He wanted to go to Jerusalem on the day of uh, Palm Sunday. Ինչ հասավաշակեր։ What did he tell the students? Գնացեք այսինչ տեղը։ Go to this place. Մատ էշ You see a donkey uh, and a calf. Bring, bring it to me. And if somebody asks you, where are you taking this donkey, what will you reply? Say, the Lord needs this donkey. The Lord needs a donkey? Yes. The Lord needed that donkey. Ես մտածում եմ եթե տերը էշին կարիք ուներ, մեզի կարիք չունի։ I'm thinking if the Lord needed a donkey. Does he not need us? Այդ էշին կործածավ, մեզ չի կարող կործածի։ Use the donkey. Can he not use us? Չի պիտի այդքան մեզի հետ տեսնենք։ We should consider ourselves more useless than a donkey. Հրաշքների մեջ են Հիսուսը մարդկանց գործեր ազում։ In miracles the Lord used people. Եթե մարդիկ իրանց մասը չանին, այդ հրաշքները չեր կատարվել։ If people did not carry out their parts the miracles would not have happened. Uh, Jesus wanted to heal a blind person. Թքավ խողին ցեղ տարքավ ցեղը վերցրավ խփավ իր աշկերը։ Այդ մարդը կույր էր ավելի կույրացավ։ ինչ <laughs> 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 Uh, ten uh, lepers came to him. Asav knatsek kanain te suistvek. Go and show yourself to the priest. Chebishkan viran. 
He did not heal them. When they obeyed him and they were heading towards the priest, they had to do their part. Uh, he wanted to give life to Lazarus. He's come. Uh, the graves for the rich people in those days were very different. There was a big stone. Jesus very easily could say, stone, roll away. But that which we can do, he will never do. He ordered them to remove the stone. Big heavy millstone, they had to push and put so much effort to remove it. He's given life to Lazarus. Lazarus has come out, but there are 32 kilos of um, swaddling clothes. In those days, they used to use a lot of swaddling clothes, especially for rich people. And they used to embalm the body with lots of different oils and spices. And apparently for uh, Jewish people in those days, 32 kilo was the weight of the swaddling cloth. Now, Lazarus has come back to life, but he's covered in the swaddling cloth. In other words, if he remained like that for a few minutes, he would have died a second time. He could suffer. Lord Jesus, can you not give him life in such a way that the swaddling clothes also disappear? He's given the disciples something. Go and remove the swaddling clothes. Now they were, that swaddling cloth was stuck together with the oils and the spices, but they had to struggle to remove them. We have to do our part. And he will do his part. It is the same in uh, spiritual warfare. We are his co-workers. We are in warfare. The Lord is in warfare with us. He is in battle in warfare and we are on this side in battle with the enemy. In kings you will see Judges? Kings, okay. In judges. That, 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 the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon together. I'm surprised at that. The sword of the Lord would have been sufficient in itself. What is the sword of Gideon doing here? But not. But the Lord said no. He commanded them to say, the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon together. 
then you can be victorious. We are in the same warfare, his co-workers in warfare. He will not do our part. If I eat food, you will not become satisfied. If I take medicine, you will not get healed. I have to do my part, you have to do your part, and let the Lord do his part. In Revelation it says, uh, the Holy Spirit and the bride together say, come Lord. The bride being the church. But the Holy Spirit say, come Jesus, and the bride says, come. So we see that we are co-workers. Many things can be said in that direction. Our time is coming to an end. I'm going to mention one other thing. I enjoyed this also. In our decisions, uh, in our getting advice and in our leadings we have to be co-workers with the Lord. Some people say only the Holy Spirit has to speak. Man must not speak. And often say that the Holy Spirit speaks to us through mouths of men. Uh, do you remember in Acts of the Apostles? A difficulty had, uh, a doctrinal difficulty had arisen. Um, the converts from Judaism to Christ were saying that uh, those who don't know the Lord at all, they have to become Jewish first and then Christian. Uh, the apostles gathered together, the elders gathered together, they had a meeting together, and they decided rules and regulations, they wrote letters, and they ended the letter this way. See if you agree with me or not. Uh, the Holy Spirit is telling you this, and uh, God help the person who does not obey the Holy Spirit. Is this so? What did it say? The Holy Spirit and us. We have agreed together. And it became acceptable to the Holy Spirit and to us. To come to this decision. In other words, the Holy Spirit signs one side of the letter. And the apostles, the other side of the letter. This is an example I'm giving you. And the letter comes to you on behalf of the Holy Spirit and the elders. Aren't you amazed at this? If it only said the Holy Spirit, it should have been sufficient. But God wanted to honor the elders. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was totally out of my control. If I don't co-work with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does not work with me. Don't continue saying, why doesn't the Holy Spirit do this changing me? I want to tell you, why don't you try and introduce that change for the Holy Spirit in Uh, once in a meeting, uh, somebody said the following. Uh, the God of uh, Elijah, where are you? Yes, I came and asked him, where is Elijah? The God of Elijah is up there. Where is Elijah? Where are you? Don't forget that we have our duties to perform. In France during the Second World War, Maybe our sister who comes from France knows very well. Uh, they bombarded a Catholic church and it was in ruins. Uh, there was a very big and very valuable statue of Jesus with his arms outstretched. And that statue was damaged very badly. When the war was over and they rebuilt the church, a very skillful sculptor came, put the pieces together and stood it up again. But now the hands had, arms had disappeared. And they had damaged the arms in such a way that it was beyond repair. So uh, the statue of Jesus went up minus the arms. And you know what that very clever sculptor wrote yes. at the foot of the statue? <laughs> Brother Edward wants to go to that church and to see that statue. He wrote under that statue, he has no hands other than your hands to work with. Yes, 
I don't want to say that doctrinal this is 100% accurate or not. But there is a reality hidden in that. We are his working hands. Often we are his mouthpiece. Often we are his eyes. Let us accept that for ourselves. Let us accept our position and duty. Let us do our part. He will do his part. Amen. Amen. Stand up and let us praise him for the position that he's given us. Let us all praise him that we have been called to be his co-workers. Let us rejoice that he has honored us. Let us praise the Lord that he has honored us such. And let us rejoice that he trusts us. All those who consider themselves not worthy, consider themselves weak and lacking, consider themselves lacking, and consider themselves as nothing, realize that you have a role to play. You have a position to fulfill. You have status. You have been called to be his co-workers. Praise Him, the Lord, hallelujah. Praise Him, the Lord, hallelujah. Praise Him, the Lord, hallelujah. Praise Him, the Lord. Hallelujah there. Parkezi aistirki amar vor mezitavelez. Praise you, Father, for this position that you have granted us. Parkezi vor karovenkan tunenk vor menk astatsu kurtakisnerenk. Praise you, Father, that we can accept that we are his co-workers. You have accepted us much more than we accept us. The Satan wants to ruin our position and state so that we cannot accept ourselves. He wants us to see ourselves always condemned, broken, useless. And uh, Satan always wants to condemn us. We don't accept his condemnation. We accept the position that you have granted us. In Jesus Christ, we do believe we can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens us.
We do not want to do your part because that is impossible for us. Because you are God and we are man. But that which we can do, we don't want to not carry it Help the church to carry out its duties and to live in this status in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you and I thank you for your attention.